Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome back to today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how to maintain your new level of success. So in the past couple episodes, we've kind of dug a little bit into how to stop reinventing the wheel, how to stop doing things that don't serve us and don't move us forward in life. Well, once you've started getting rid of the obstacles that are holding you back, you're obviously going to get a new level of success. Well, you're going to want to learn how to maintain that new level of success because it's not fun or even joyful in any sense, when you have a level of success and you constantly have to fight to maintain it. Instead, I believe that it can be something along the lines of, I don't want to say a default mode because default mode is not something that you would think about, but it can be something that is easily maintained and easily a part of your life instead of something you have to fight for every single time. So today's episode, we're going to go over how to identify when you've reached a new level of success, what that new level of success looks like, how to maintain it basically, both mentally and physically, um, and how to actually either outsource or eliminate the old crappy habits that you used to have that don't actually serve you anymore. So let's completely dive in. So For this episode, we're going to talk, as always, we're going to talk about a work example. We're going to talk about a personal example. Um, A work example can be that you now have new clients and you're responsible for a lot more things, but you are just, you know, you're cranking out work for them. You're working with your clients. um, You're having more success. You're getting bed, you know, better, not bad. (laughs) You're getting better feedback from them. Um, You're getting good reviews, all things that are moving in the right direction, but it's just on the scale of more. It's all a good thing is just more. And in the work example, when it comes to something like that, at first you're going to just react. You're going to be like, okay, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. And let me just get through everything and get through the day. It's an exciting, but exciting, but frantic energy. Um, It's not necessarily bad because you're going to need that energy. You're going to need that boost to go ahead and bust through everything. But when that level of success, at least at work, when it comes to your clients, again, for this example, when that doesn't go away, that frantic energy cannot serve you anymore. So that's going to be something where if this level, let's, okay, so how do I identify it? The level of success has not fluctuated down. So maybe you'll have little dips here and there, but overall, you're either serving more clients, you're doing more work at this new scale, you're getting more requests for this. Um, So let's say you're a graphic designer, and you've been doing work for, let's say, 10 people. And instead of just doing work for 10 people, you've gotten some referrals, things have been going good, and now you're doing work for 25 people. Well, in the beginning, when you scale from 10 to 25 as that graphic designer, it's going to be something where you're going to be excited, but it's also going to be a little bit frantic because you're not used to scaling to 25 customers consistently. So you'll know you've reached that new level of success when you've maintained an average of, let's say, 20 
even 18 to 25 clients because your old level of success, if we're going to use a metric um, to be super specific, the old level of success was the 10 clients or the average of 10 to 12 clients, let's say. But now you're in the 18 to 25. Well, again, that first burst of frantic, happy energy is going to work, but you're not going to be able to maintain it. So that's going to be a little bit of a um, flag for you to be like, oh, I've reached a new level of success. And you know, for this graphic designer, maybe because of her contracts, she does three month long contracts. So say she's done it for three months and she's maintained that level of clientele for three months. And then she's starting to go into the next version of three months. Um, so she's in maybe month four. She's like, wow, this isn't actually going away. This isn't going down. So how do I maintain that? Well, the second part of it is you're going to want to be conscious of the fact that the new level of success is going to be both a mental and a physical level of success. Now, regardless, again, we're using the example of a graphic designer for the business part. You may think, okay, well, that's not necessarily a physical level. Yeah, she may be designing, um, but where's the physical part in all of this? Well, the mental side is going to be the way you strategize, the way you think, the way you review things, the way you make decisions, how quickly you make decisions, how long you put stuff off. That's going to be kind of the mental side. The physical side is more of an endurance part. So it can be your physical body. Maybe you're sitting in a chair longer. Um, Maybe you're on the phone a lot more. So you're not used to that. Um, maybe you're just thinking, and I know this sounds cheesy, but maybe you're thinking a lot more. So by the time you get home or you go home, you're exhausted and you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to spend time with your family. There's always going to be a mental and a physical aspect. Um, it's not always going to be the same, obviously, but that is going to be something that you're going to have to start paying attention to. Again, the entire point is maintaining this new level of success. And don't worry, at the end of the episode, I'll give you journal prompts. We'll go through them together. So then that way you can maintain that new mental and physical level of success. And it doesn't kind of completely drain you because what would happen if you weren't conscious of it? So say the graphic designer, she's on month four of, you know, averaging that 18 to 25 clients and she's used to, and she started to create the habit of just burning herself out. So instead of maybe cleaning up her processes or maybe getting a little bit clearer on some of the things that are taking a lot longer, maybe even hiring some part-time help or getting some volunteer help, anything to kind of smooth out the process Instead, if she's just relying on the grind, the grind is not sustainable. And I have a caveat when I say that the grind isn't sustainable because I've done the grind. My husband has done the grind. It has served us very, very well in our lives, but it's also burned us in the butt a handful of times because we've done it to where it was, we never outgrew the grind And you can't maintain the grind. The whole reason why the grind is working is because you have that burst of energy, burst of endorphins. You know that it's a short sprint and you can pretty much, you know, we used to tell ourselves, well, we can make it through anything. Well, making it through anything is not meant to last four, five, six, seven, eight months, a year. It's meant to last a week maybe two shitty weeks if you have to, you know, it's not meant for this crazy long term. If that was the case, you would be freaking like the SEAL Team 6 or, you know, you'd be a Marines or something like that, where they literally spend all of their time and energy and a good portion of their life dedicated to maintaining that crazy level of success. So short of being a Marine, 
maintaining the grind is not realistic. Um, and then I go back to the bad part is most people, they can't even see the signals before they get into the grind. So they get success, they get all excited, and then the grind starts to happen, which isn't that bad. But what they fail to realize is that the grind is there to help them boost into that new level of success. And they should, even though you may feel like you don't have the time, I promise you, this doesn't have to take hours. This can take five minutes here and five minutes there. I mean, honestly, you can spend, you know, 10 minutes in the tub and you can come up with these ideas, but, or at least solutions, I should call them. But instead of just maintaining that grind, you need to recognize that, oh, hey, this is possibly a new level of success. Even if it's a seasonal level of success, it's still a level that's happening basically more than two weeks long. So what you need to realize or what they should realize is let me start looking at this process and simplifying it and making it easy so that I can maintain this because if I don't, I'm going to burn out. And most people don't ever even recognize that they just go ahead and they keep grinding and grinding and grinding. And then they start to get sick or they start to get sloppy in their work and then they burn out. And no one wants to burn out when you've created that level of success. Everyone just wants to maintain it. So basically what you would start to do is you would start to outsource or eliminate some of those really crappy habits that aren't serving you anymore. So let's go back to that graphic designer. Say her um, client intake form is really bad and clunky. She doesn't, you know, I don't want the answer to be, oh, let's hire someone for everything because that's not always an option. Depending on what your funds look like, depending on what your resources look like, maybe you have the money to hire someone, but you just can't find someone that can do it at the level you want. Or maybe you just don't even have the money to go ahead and hire someone because it's just not an option. Um, you know, if, whether it's your day job, whether it's your business, whether it's your personal life, it doesn't matter. I want to give you, you know, two examples of what it would look like if you hired someone. And then obviously an example of what it would look like if you didn't hire someone, because I want to be honest and I want to be realistic with you guys and gals. And I don't want you to think that the only way to get out of your own way is to hire people. That's not always a solution. It's just one of the solutions. So back to the graphic designer. She's gone from that 10 to 12 clients a month to now she's averaging 18 to 25 clients a month. And she's starting to notice because she took some time to listen to this podcast while, you know, sitting in the tub and she brought her journal with her. She's starting to realize that, hmm, I know I spend a ton of time on my client intake form and maybe that's an area that I could clean up. So she would use the journal prompts, which would either be at margaretstevens.co or it would be at the end of the episode. And she would listen to the journal prompts and she would go, okay, what does it look like to clean up my intake process? Is it that I'm having to put their information in nine different places? Well, maybe that means I get a CRM instead. And if it's not that she's putting their information in nine different places, but maybe she's spending a lot of wasted time going back and forth trying to set up meetings. Maybe instead she sets up, uh, I'm going to make it up Tuesdays and Saturdays because she does this part time. So maybe she's setting up Tuesdays and Saturdays to where she takes client meetings. And those are the only days. And then on top of that, 
she cleans that process up even more too. So maybe she uses a software like uh, Calendly, C-A-N-D-L-Y, I think is how I pronounce uh, how you spell it. That is a software that's free that you can use and set up so that maybe it only lets you book five meetings on a Saturday and two meetings on a Tuesday. Um, but it's a free software that you can use to set up meetings and you can put your own intake forms in. So they have to put maybe their name, their phone number, their email, and then a brief summary of what they're looking for. Um, and then you could take that little link from Calendly and you can put it in your emails. You can put it on your website. You can send it to people in a Facebook message. However, you're communicating with your clients. So she would start thinking, okay, well, my intake process is kind of clunky. Once they're onboarded, it's pretty smooth, but getting all their information is kind of messy. Setting up a meeting with them is super messy. And then what's worse is I don't, always get my payments on time and I'm really bad and inconsistent about getting payments. So I would say, um, use something like, um, square, which is a credit card processing company, depending on where you are in the world, you may or may not have access to it, but I would say use an easy to use credit card processing company like square or PayPal. And instead of recreating that wheel every single time, I would create a default template of what it looks like to work with me for three months because that's how long my projects are in school in, you know, my graphic design company. So I would create a default template that builds my client monthly for a hundred bucks a month for three months. And I would send them an invoice. And so I would think of all of those things. Okay, I'm really bad about taking payments. Why don't I set it up automatically so it bills them every single month and I don't have to do anything? I'm really bad at setting appointments. Let me use a free calendar service so that they can pick whatever time they want, but it's still within the boundaries of only Tuesdays or Saturdays. I'm really, really bad at client intake forms. Well, let me ask the question I always biff the most in my calendar appointment. So, she would get all these ideas. She would look at all these things of how she could up level or, you know, grow that new level of success and clean up her intake process. And she would wrap it all up and put it together. So the example would be from beginning to end, instead of doing everything manually, trying to send invoices when she remembered, never being able to set up consistent meetings, what she would do is the next referral she got, she would say, you know, hi, Jane, thank you so much. I, um, you know, got your referral information from Mary Sue, and I'm looking forward to working with you. What we do is a three-step process before I work with any of my clients. And then you literally, I'm not even joking, guys. Write it down and make it super freaking simple. If someone can't skim your email, in this example, if someone can't skim your email and get the gist of it in like 30 seconds or less, you need to clean it up. Cut some words out, put some bullets, put some numbers, make it super simple. So she would write, you know, before we on, before I onboard any of my clients, we go through a three-step process to keep things simple. You want to emphasize you're keeping things simple. Step one is click on my calendar link so we can set up an initial appointment. Step two is answer any of the intake questions that I send you. So maybe you have them in your calendar invite. Maybe you have them in um, a intake form. I think it's Taskly or something. I don't remember. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. But there are other clients of oh, type form. So maybe you have an intake form in type form that you use. 
And then the third thing would be, you know, this is where we, you know, if you decide to work with me, this is how I do payments. And it's a link to the PayPal invoice. Again, all of these are hyperlinks. All of them is in the email. You're clear, you're upfront, and then you sign off with, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So instead of sending three or four or five different emails, you're sending one email with everything in it. You have the appointment link in there, you have the intake form link in there, and you have the payment button link in there. So her intake process of especially getting the referrals and stuff like that, now she's copy and pasting. So instead of recreating this email, let's go back to not reinventing the wheel. She would literally save this email as a template. Everything's going to stay the same. And what she would do is she would copy and paste it every time she's reaching out to a new client. So it's always consistent. She doesn't have to worry about missing something. They don't have to worry about missing something. And now you just are able to move on. So I hope that makes sense from the business aspect. Um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a little break and we're going to go at this from the personal aspect. So you can see what it looks like to maintain some new levels of success when it comes to your home life. Okay, welcome back. So let's go ahead and dive into the second half of this episode, which is going to be just as detailed of an example of how to maintain the new level of success in your personal life. So we've gone over the example of the graphic designer and how is she going to maintain her new level of clientele. And she identified that her intake process was really clunky. So she figured out, aka I, figured out a way to streamline that so she can maintain that new level of success. Well, I'm going to pick something that is super boring and super mundane on purpose for your personal life. Because if this works, then you can apply it to anything in your personal life. So just bear with me on this one. The example we're going to use for the personal life is going to be Jane Smith. I'm going to write her name down because I'm going to call her 19 different things if I don't. Jane Smith. <laughs> All right. So Jane Smith wants to raise her credit score and pay her bills on time. The most cheesiest thing in the world. And you may be thinking, well, that's super easy and super simple. Why does that need to be something I maintain a new level of success? I already pay my bills on time and my credit score is decent. How is this going to help me? Well, I go back to you're maintaining new levels of success. So we're going to talk about some other things that you may not be thinking about when it comes to money. And again, if this works for you in regards to money in your personal life, you can apply it to whatever you want. So Jane would go ahead. See, I wanted to call her something else already. This is why I write things down. <laughs> so Jane is listening to the podcast. She's gotten to the journal prompts and she's realizing that, hmm, yeah, you know, I'm making more money, but it's a little frustrating because I don't really seem to have a really consistent savings plan. I, for love of God, don't even have an, um, an emergency fund. My savings account is my emergency fund. And I just feel a little frantic when I pay all my bills. This just feels clunky. And, you know, I probably could have a better credit score if I just could kind of wrap my arms around the debt that I have and, you know, I know I'm getting myself out of debt, so that's not an issue. I just don't think I understand where I stand with my debt in general. So I would really like to clean up my credit score. Well, let me rephrase. I'd love to make my paying of bills simpler, and I'd love to raise my credit score in the process. So if Jane is thinking that, then 
this is, she would be using basically the first step in the process. She's identifying the fact that she's reached a new level of success. She has more money and she kind of doesn't know what to do with it. And so she wants to look at step two. What is it going to look like to maintain both the mental and the physical versions of this level of success? So say the reason why she has more money now than she did is because she got a raise. Well, the mental side of this would be, let's streamline this process. Let's make it simple to pay your bills. Let's make it simple so that your credit score can be something you can look at in 30 seconds or less, whether it's an app, whether it's a spreadsheet on a tab. So you know how much you have outstanding and you know you can do the math to get you down to the 30% ratio, yada, yada, yada. I'll go into that in a minute. Um, but there will also be the physical. What physical acts is she doing? Is she maybe taking out a specific set of cash every week and that's her quote unquote fun money because that is the easiest and simplest way for her to not overspend. Maybe she's physically only going to the grocery store twice a week. Again, caveat, using a list that she's made once and then she just checks off what she's missing so that she's not recreating the grocery list every single week aka the episode, I want to say that was before this, not reinventing the wheel over and over again. Maybe another physical thing would be she physically is setting the habit of transferring money into specific buckets every single week or every two weeks, depending on our pay cycle. So there's, again, the mental side of it, which is cleaning it up and making it not overwhelming. And then there's also the physical side of this task which most people are not going to think about when it comes to paying your bills. And this is where people get squirrely, people have burnout. So a burnout example of this would be um, instead of expecting that that new level of success is going to be maintained, what they do instead is they're like, well, it's not going to be around forever, so I might as well enjoy it. Well, it actually kind of could be around forever if you just set up some better stuff boundaries, for lack of a better word, better channels in the beginning. So then that that money is around forever. Yes, there's always going to be bills. Yes, there's always going to be that one random emergency that no one plans for. But that doesn't mean you can't have great credit scores. That doesn't mean you can't have a very simple process of how to actually pay your bills. There's a lot of things that you can do that are in your control that can help you maintain that new level of success. So the last part of this would be that she would try and outsource or eliminate some old bad habits that she had in the past in regards to paying her bills that no longer serve her. So maybe the bad habit was that she never really opened up her bills and that she, you know, when she did sit down to pay her bills, she couldn't remember login credentials and it would take her about two and a half hours and she was always redoing her spreadsheet and she never really knew where she stood. She didn't have money in savings consistently. So those would be some bad habits that she would want to eliminate so she could maintain her new level of success. So let's dive in and go through this example from start to beginning or start to beginning, start to end. Okay. So Jane, is sitting there. She's like, well, I want to make paying my bills simpler and I want to raise my credit score in the process. But you know, it looks like the way I store all my stuff is kind of clunky. I just realized that, oh my God, it takes an average of two hours for me to sit down and pay my bills just because 
I'm probably, God, well, I don't even have the same spreadsheet for every single month. It look, gosh, I'm just recreating and rewriting down the bills as they come in. I don't put all my bills in one pile. For love of God, I don't even have all my usernames, passwords, and login websites saved, let alone in one specific place. So I wonder if I could clean that up, that it would make this process simpler. I wonder if I could make paying my bills take less than 30 minutes every other week. That would be lovely. Well, so that Jane could get that under 30 minutes every two weeks. And I will say, I will say this from example, I have paid our bills for our business when we had a pretty substantial motorcycle dealership. Um, and paying the bills took me maybe an hour once a week. And I had thousands upon thousands of dollars moving back and forth in and out of accounts every single week. And it didn't take me more than an hour. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. So don't think I'm being all braggy brag. I'm saying this to be realistic. I cut out the fat and I cut out all the bullshit that didn't actually matter that made paying the bills way faster because after working all that time, I was freaking exhausted. I wanted to go spend time with Ben for heaven forbid. I wanted to just go and read or I wanted to go outside and play with my puppies or I wanted to watch my puppies play while I read. Again, you get the point. I didn't want to waste time on the bullshit of spending all of this time and energy paying my bills when I could be doing things I loved and enjoyed way more. So if my business can take me less than an hour, my personal life, to be honest, takes me about 10, let's say 10, 15 minutes at most. So we are paid weekly. So we, I do the bills pretty much. Nah, let me rephrase that. Regardless of how we've gotten paid, because throughout the years, throughout the 11, well, we'll be married 11 years in November. So throughout the 11 years, my husband and I have been married. We've been paid weekly. We've been paid bi-weekly. We've been paid on the 1st and the 15th only. So it never really mattered the way our bill cycles were because I always tweaked it and I cleaned it up and I'm using the same bill structure that I created. Let's say, I think it was 22 probably was when I stopped tweaking it. So I'm using the same structure of paying my bills that I did when we were 22 and we're now third, we're almost 31. So it's been going on successfully for me for that long. And at the most, it takes me 15 minutes to sit down and pay our bills for 15 days at a time. So for this example, Jane is going to want to pay her bills on the 1st and the 15th, because that just seems regardless of how she gets paid, how her husband gets paid, that seems the simplest. So what she would do is she would collect all of her bills and she would sit down and she would write one spreadsheet. She would write one for love of God, I'm going to say this like nine times. She's going to write one spreadsheet. If you don't go with spreadsheets, I'm going to encourage you pretty heavily to either write a spreadsheet or maybe you create a spreadsheet and you print it out and you print out 12 of them. So you have January, then February, then March, because what I don't want you to do is, and I honor the people that are pen and paper because there's still some things that I do that are pen and paper. But what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to reinvent the wheel and physically rewrite out and list all of your bills every single month. You know the categories, they don't change. You know, maybe you could have two or three little line items at the bottom if something new pops up for that month. But your water bill is still going to be there, your electric is still going to be there, your internet, your cell phone, your rent, um, your car insurance, all those things 
don't really change. So what I would recommend is Jane would go ahead and she would grab all of her bills, every single thing that she can think of. And she would sit down and she would create a spreadsheet and she would write in the cat. She would have a list of categories and it would be water bill, electric bill, cell phone bill, car insurance, homeowners insurance, um, mortgage payments. Um, what else am I forgetting? Um, I'm freaking no student loans, whatever, right? She would list out every single category that she could think of. And she would be honest with herself and say, you know what? I'm probably forgetting a category or two. So over the next month, I will add to the missing categories. So maybe she forgot the first time she wrote it, she forgot her subscriptions. She, she would add Netflix. She would add Hulu. She would add Amazon Prime. She would add HBO Go. She would add this. She would add that. She would add Spotify. Again, you get the point. These are all bills that are going to be coming to you every bleeping month. So record them and record them once. So once she took all of that information, piled it all up and she created one master spreadsheet, then what I would have her do, because again, this is the process I've been using for the past bajillion years, because I really don't feel like doing the math in the middle of an episode. Um, hello, stage fright with doing math live. But since I've been using this method since about 22, what I do, um, because it makes things simpler for my brain, and I would encourage you to try it, you know, you don't have to use it, but I would encourage you to at least try it, would be to go ahead and take all of those bills, put the day that they're due next to them, and then sort them all by date. So I like to do that because I like to see, especially even if I'm sitting down and helping a friend with their finances, because I've done this multiple times with friends, and I've had people ask me to create a course about this, um, and I just haven't gotten there at the moment. I'm still in the process of fleshing out what the course would look like. But when you can see what day, like physical day your bills are due. So say your mortgage is due on the first, your electric is due on the third, your water is due on the fifth, your cell phone is due on the 10th, your um, car insurance is due on the 15th, your car payment is due on the 18th, Netflix is due on the 22nd, Hulu is due on the 23rd. Again, you get my point, right? When you physically write down the days of when the bills are due, you can take them and you can sort them. And then what I do personally, and I only use this method because it's been pretty foolproof regardless of how we've gotten paid. I take the bills after they've been sorted and I take anything from the 15th and above. So from the 1st to the 15th, and I pay that all in one chunk. And you may be thinking, well, why are you paying all these bills early? Humor me. We're making this simple. So if you prefer, which I think it's slightly retarded, and I tweaked it for a minute, and then I went back. So I've done it to where I've paid the bills every single week, and it was just a waste of my time. There was no extra benefit of waiting and sitting down till next week to pay a bill. I know that's going to come in four or five days anyway. So what I did is I would sit down. And even, and mind you, I'm not trying to say this because I'm some elite person that has all of these ducats. I mean, I'd love ducats, but, you know, it's not like I'm a bajillionaire and I have all this money to flush in my accounts 24-7. I had the same system when we were broke as fuck, like super freaking broke. And we were making damn near, you know, we were making 
10 bucks an hour. I had to drive both me and my husband were making crap money. We we're both in the very low teens. Um, we had to drive an hour away to work. My inch, my health insurance was like 500 bucks a month. And I'm talking like broke, broke, broke. Like we were using student loans to kind of supplement the grocery bill broke. We had a hundred dollars left over in our checking account broke. I still used the same method of paying all of my bills from the first to the 15th. And sometimes if my paychecks or Ben's paychecks were a little bit light, then I would be conscious of that and say, okay, well, what things can I pay off? And I will pay, you know, the first through the eighth so that it overlaps so that I'm not, you know, I'm not um, in panic mode the moment the check hits our account for the second week and then the eighth through the 15th. That would give me a little bit of overlap. And the other thing too is when you've sorted your bills from the 1st to the 15th and then the second chunk is the 16th through the 31st, you can see what is heavier in your accounts. So you could see, wow, and I've done, again, personal example, I've done this. So I looked at our bills and I was like, wow, we have a crap ton of bills on the 1st through the 15th. Like 90% of our bills are due then and we have next to nothing due on the second half of the month. I wonder if I can move the dates. Hmm. I hope you can hear the sarcasm because like my face is killing it with the sarcasm. So I, I'm not even, dude, I'm not even joking. So like the next time we went to get a car payment, I will not allow, and the banks hate me, but I don't even care. I do not allow a car payment to happen before the 18th. So they're allowed to pick the 18th through the 23rd for my car payment to be due. And I tell them when I, we go to get the new car and we go to the bank or we do it at the dealership, that's not a problem. I need to pick the date that the payment is due. Can you do it on the 18th? I don't give them a, a bleeping option. You know, I tell them what works for me and they're like, okay, no problem. So if you're thinking, well, I can't ask for a date outside of my mortgage, pretty much almost anyone you can ask for a date. You can ask for the date to be changed. Now you don't want to do this every freaking month because then you look like a nut job that can't pay their bills. But if you call and you call, let's say your car insurance, I've done that one too, called the car insurance company. And I was like, Hey, um, I wanted to see if I can move my payment date from, instead of being the fifth to the, let's say the 22nd. Most of the time, I think it was progressive and we had Geico at one point, both of them were like, yeah, no problem. It's going to take about a billing cycle to kick in and yada, yada, yada. Is that okay? I'm like, sure, not a problem. So I would start to balance out and it's gotten better over the years because I've just maintained the system, but I've balanced out the bills so that the first half of the month, it doesn't completely wipe me out until the second half of the month where I kind of get flush again. I have it so that about our bills are about 50, 50, depending on the first half of the month or the second half of the month. So hopefully that tangent helps someone because apparently I just couldn't stop myself, but let's go back to Jane and her personal example of how to make this simpler, how to main, like, maintain that new level of success. So she would have done step A, which was take all of her bills, gather everything, put it in a spreadsheet, put it with dates, right? She would have looked to see like, ooh, is my month balance? Is the beginning of the month way bigger than the end of the month? Is the end of the month have all my freaking bills due and I need to shift stuff around? So she would make some notes of who she's going to shift around and who she's going to call. The second thing that I would have her do would be to securely, mind you, super securely. Um, I use Evernote for this because I'm an Evernote nut job. She would go and create a folder in Evernote. And again, if I ac ever actually create this money course I keep thinking about, I will have complete videos um, so you guys can actually watch me and watch the, the level of geekiness of how I use Evernote. 
So she would hopefully be using my method and she would create a brand new folder in Evernote called bills or maybe accounts or uh, I don't know, something other than passwords. So she would call it bills and then she would create a new note in that bills folder and it would be the water bill. And when I learned how to pay bills from my dad, because my dad is the same level of geekdom as me when it comes to bills and spreadsheets and all that. So all of my foundation comes from my father on this. And even my mother uses my father's methods. Um, when my dad taught me how to pay bills, this was still when we paid by check for a good chunk of stuff. And you had everything in a filing cabinet. And in the manila folder, so you would have the water bill, for example, and you would take the manila folder out of the filing cabinet for such and such water company and then in this inside jacket of the manila folder you would have their phone number the account number um maybe like a security code or you know the hours that they're open you would have all the quote-unquote dumb but pertinent information in regards to that account all within the manila folder inside where you kept all the bills for the water company so god forbid you had an issue with the water company not only could you grab all 12 or 10 or whatever many months of bills but you also would just open up the inside of the manila jacket and you would have all the information you would need to call and get whatever resolved resolved well i took it up another level of geekdom and i did the same thing in evernote so i have a folder called bills in my Evernote account. And then I have notes in my Evernote account. And inside that note, I've got one note per um, billing account. So I have one note for the water, one note for the electric, one note for my cell phone, one note for the car insurance, for the mortgage. It, you get the point, right? And within that note, everything I would ever, 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 ever need is in that one note for that one company. So Anything I would ever need for the water company is in the water note, their self, their cell phone, their phone number, their business hours, the account number. Um, I even put the URL of where I need to um, pay them. I put that in there, my username, my password, my security code, all of that information is all in the water bill note. So this is where I go back to. It takes me less than 15 minutes to pay two weeks worth of bills because I look at my spreadsheet and I go, okay, these are the five bills, my water, electric, uh, my mortgage, my car insurance, and my car payment. They're all due the first half of the month. I type in water into my folder and I look at the water. I click on the water, uh, water um, Evernote notes, and then I'm able to click on the hyperlink. It pulls up the right URL. I log in. I verify that it matches what it should be on my spreadsheet and I click pay and then I move on. And then I do that for the electric. I do that for the homeowners, for my mortgage, for my car insurance, for my cell phone. Again, you get the point. I've made it simple. I've taken the monotony out of all of this. So I would hope that Jane would do the same thing. She would have created the spreadsheet. She would have looked at how she needs to balance out her month. So she's not getting crushed in the beginning of the end of the month. Then she would take all of those usernames, passwords, and URLs. Don't, and so the reason why I added URLs, just a super slight tangent. The reason why I added URLs into the note itself is because there has been a handful of times where I was not at home at my own personal computer to where I needed to pay a bill. So maybe there was an emergency and I'm paying a bill from my parents' house, or maybe I'm paying a bill from my job, or maybe I'm paying a bill from my cell phone, or I'm paying it from the library. You get the point. I wanted it to be foolproof. I could go anywhere, click on that Evernote note, and pay the bill. 
So that's why I have the username, the password, the URL, the phone number, their operating hours. I have all of that in there because I can literally go anywhere. I could literally, I could be in Ireland. And I actually did this. I was in Ireland when I was 21 for one of my best friend's wedding. And I'm not even joking. I'm in a different country, used Evernote, paid the bills for that two-week cycle because of when I flew. It just happened to be at that time. Took me 10 minutes from my girlfriend's computer and then I closed my lap, I closed her laptop and I trucked on. So there's a reason why I have everything in that note. So she would mimic that. She would put everything in that note. So now her process is cleaned up. So it's not going to take her two hours because she's not going, well, what bills are due again? How much is it supposed to be again? You know, where is that username and password again? What URL do I go to again? She's just clicking on some tabs and clicking on some links and then she trucks on. So that is how you would eliminate an old habit that doesn't serve you. Now, that example that I went on a rant for an, an amount of time I don't want to acknowledge, <laughs> um, that did not cost anything. You know, I use, I think what I use uh, Google Drive for my spreadsheets because I like to have everything again, virtual. I use Evernote. Now, mind you, I have a paid Evernote account just because I use the Jesus out of Evernote. So I like to have um, more than enough storage. But that whole entire example had nothing to do with paying someone. So I still go back to when it comes to maintaining a new level of success, um, it's a, a phrase that uh, Amanda Francis uses, and I love, and I'll recommend her money course um, in the show notes because it is phenomenal, especially when it comes to maintaining a new level of success in regards to your wealth. Um, and wealth can mean you got a 10 cents raise and wealth can mean you got a $10,000 raise. So wealth is what you define it as. Um, but what Amanda Francis, call, Francis calls it is uh, setting a new energetic minimum. I, in my head, call it maintaining a new level of success. It's the same concept. We're both giving you really good examples of how to get out of your own way and only start looking at what works and start getting rid of the bad habits that don't work for you anymore. So hopefully these two different but very dynamic examples help you start to understand, okay, what can a new level of success look like for me? How can I use this in my life? And again, you know the drill. If you have any questions, go to the podcast show notes and type them in the comments. Send me an email. Send me a voice memo through Anchor and ask. I'm more than willing to help you just because I mean, God, I, I think I did like a 10 minute rant on spreadsheets. <laughs> I geek out on this stuff. It brings me so much joy to make your life and everyone else's life so that I can simpler. So I, I go back to, and I say this in every freaking episode, but it means that much to me. I want you to have more than enough time to spend with your friends and your family. I want you to have so much time on your hands that you can spend time with your friends. You can spend time with your family. You can go to the gym and you can do something for yourself because I've lived other versions of that to where I've had a sacrifice and I've done the burnout and it doesn't work and it's not maintain it's not maintainable and it was miserable I was miserable and you know it's one of those things like I don't want to obviously be a couch potato 24/7 but I do want to have dedicated time to read I do want to have dedicated time with my husband with my fur babies you know I love knowing that I have a set time where I can go outside and play with them and act like a nut job. And that's their time and my time. So I want you to have that same level of success. Um, and 
that's why I'll geek out for 10 plus minutes on spreadsheets with you. So with all of that being said, we've talked about some resources. Again, all of this is going to be in the show notes. Um, there is a book that I'm in the middle of reading. Um, it's a book about habits. It's freaking phenomenal. Of course, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but it'll the hyperlink will be in the resources tab for you. Um, but there's a book about habits I'm going to give you guys. I'm going to give you guys a link to the energetic minimum and maximum uh, episode that I did a couple of episodes ago. So if you're thinking, what the hell is an energetic minimum and maximum, you could totally di dig into this episode and it'll kind of flesh it out for you. Um, I'm going to relink you back to the episode about reinventing the wheel because you're going to need that. Um, a lot of this is uh, building on that episode as well. Um, don't worry. I know I alluded to Amanda Francis and her money course, which I think I've taken it. Once you pay for it, you have lifetime access. But I think I physically have gone through the course in the, let's say, two years I've owned it, six times. Just because every time we started to get a new level of success, I wanted to use her journal prompts. Um, she's the one that's inspired me to be very uh, liberal with my journal prompts because she's phenomenal with them. Um, so I wanted to use her money course um, to go ahead and kind of go through the journal prompts and clear out some old crappy beliefs and kind of set in and, you know, uh, lock in some new energetic beliefs. Um, and her money course has really been wonderful. Um, and then I will also give you a link to type form because that was that intake form uh, that I talked about at the beginning of the episode. And then I'll give you a link to Evernote. So if you don't have it, you can always sign up for the free version. I think I used the free version for about a year before I signed up for the paid version. So it's it's phenomenal. But all the resources I talked about will be in the, either the show notes at the end of this episode. Um, you just have to scroll down in your podcast feed. Or it's going to be at the website, margaretstevens.co, and it'll be for this specific episode. Um, and with that being said, let's go over the journal prompts so that you can actually take this. You don't just listen to me. You can take this and implement this in your life. And you know the drill. The journal prompts are over at margaretstevens.co, so you can use them there as well. Um, you can answer me out loud. You can pause me, uh, start and pause me, and answer your you know, the questions that I'm asking with a piece of paper and a pen, you can do it however you want, but don't, you know, don't freak out and think like, Oh, I have to remember all these journal prompts. They're always going to be at the website. So without further ado, journal prompt number one, what areas in my life are super freaking smooth right now? Well, the reason why I want you to use that one is number one is because I want you to acknowledge what is working. When you start to acknowledge what is, holy truck, this is working. I can't believe this is working. It's in my experience, it's a lot easier for you to examine what isn't working when you've already ruled out all the awesome things that aren't that are working. So question number one was what areas are super smooth in my life right now? Write all that down. And then Question number two is when we start to get into the nitty gritties. What areas only work if I'm all hands on deck? So I use the example of the intake form for the graphic designer. Obviously, she couldn't have anyone help her because she had this 19 crazy, you know, email chain stepped in regards to intake forms versus if she had an intake process then maybe she could hire a VA or maybe her sister-in-law could help her or her husband could help her or whatever. Same thing for the bills. God forbid something happened to Jane and she was in the hospital. Her husband could sit down and pay the bills and life would move on. 
it wouldn't uh, fall apart because she wasn't there. So that's why I want you to think about and list what are the areas that are only working when you're all hands on deck and actually the one doing it. Um, so make that list. Question number three is going to be what problems keep showing up if I'm not there? So that's a, a way to either kind of get a different level of questions or a different level of examples out of you, or you can kind of detail the previous question, what areas are not work or what areas only work if I'm all hands on deck? Well, you could say, well, my problem is the only thing that works is when I'm all hands on deck in regards to bills. Well, cool. What's the problem that keeps coming up? Oh, we're not uh, paying our bills on time and my husband's always frantic. Well, that's going to be another way for you to start to indicate and, you know, focus on, oh, okay, well, maybe if there was a way for both of us to always know when the bills are paid and we keep it consistent, then neither of us have to freak out. Um, step number, or I would say question number four is who can I outsource or train to take this task over for me? So sometimes it's appropriate to have this the, the task be taken over by someone else. And this can be either personal or business world. It can be that you end up hiring that VA to go ahead and do your um, your schedule, your appointments, or maybe you hire the VA to send out client follow-up emails. Maybe you hire the VA to send out collection letters because people aren't paying you on time. Little things like that um, in the personal life. Maybe you outsource the paying of the bills to your husband or your spouse, um, not because you can't do it, but because maybe he's just either smoother or better or faster. And I don't want that to sound sexist so for love of God, please don't think it's sexist because I'm the one that manages 90 something percent of the finances in our household. But to that point, I, my eyes, I mean, I could totally do it, but my eyes glaze over when it comes to our insurance. My father was an insurance agent. I worked in the healthcare industry for a bajillion years. At least it felt like that. I totally understand insurance. I totally get it, but my eyes glaze over and my husband is a bajillion times better at dealing with the insurance than I am. So I pay the bills, but he <laughs> negotiates and haggles our car insurance and our homeowners. So that's an example of either outsourcing it or training someone else to take over the task. It doesn't always have to mean you have to pay someone. Sometimes it's just sharing the obligations. Question number five is going to be, what specific area do I want to grow in? So you've identified some pain problems. You're identifying what is totally not working for you and stressing you out. So what would it look like if it was easy? What little things are you going to do so that those areas that are being stressful and overwhelming, that they can now become sources of joy and you can be, you know, you can be the person too that's bragging that, hey, it takes me 10 minutes to pay my bills every two weeks. That is what I'm looking for when I ask the question, what specific areas do I want to grow in? And that's the, the uh, end goal I want you guys to get to. And then, of course, next question after that, that's number six. <laughs> I didn't number them. Sorry. Um, what does it look like? So I literally just answered it. It looks like paying the bills takes me less than 10 minutes every two weeks. It means knowing that all my bills are paid on time. It means knowing that I'm consistently putting the same amount of money into savings because I've done the math and I know what I can responsibly, responsibly afford. It means that, um, I have a very 
clear and consistent plan that I can afford in regards to paying off my debt. I want specifics. I want you to get as detailed and as nerdy as possible. I don't want you to just put fluff down because fluff is not something you can create action on. And then the final question, number seven, is how do I know if I've been successful in achieving that growth? So this is why I'm asking you, hey, be super specific. So if it takes you 30 minutes to pay your bills and your goal was to pay them in 10 well, you can know, okay, maybe I have a learning curve. Maybe I'm discovering some bills I forgot about, but my time keeps going down. So I'm starting to become successful. My debt is starting to go down because I'm understanding how I spend my money. Um, my savings account is growing because I'm being consistent every month because I know what I can afford to put away comfortably. Little things like that are going to be how you know, without anyone else ever telling you, that Boom, you are now at the level of how to maintain that level of success that you wanted in the very beginning of this episode. So with all that being said, I hope you enjoyed this one. I think this might be one of my longest episodes yet. Um, when it comes to money, I am extremely passionate about it because I think money is a butterfly effect and especially money in the hands of uh, good-hearted women and men, but uh, women specifically, when you take out the franticness and the, um, the anguish in regards to money, um, it can really change your life. And Amanda Francis's money course, like I said, I've taken it a million times. I've had a couple of my friends take it um, because I recommended it. I, it is one of the very few courses I recommend about money because it is kind of timeless practices and principles. Um, her journal prompts are pretty freaking amazing. So if you're interested, um, I would definitely recommend checking out the course. It's a way for you to grow and uh, she does offer payment plans on it. So I'm not going to lie. When I bought the course, I did it on payment plans because I couldn't afford to just pay it all in one swoop. So don't, don't think that you can only do this if you pay it all in one swoop. Don't feel guilty because almost every single thing I've ever done with Amanda Francis, I've done on a payment plan because it was kind of stretching that level of growth, but I knew that I would get results from her. And I was willing to figure out how to make the money monthly because I couldn't make it all at one time. Um, like I said, her, her course is phenomenal. I can't, I just can't speak highly enough about it. Um, if you have any questions in regards to taking the course, please feel free to reach out to me. And if you do sign up for the course, um, I'd love to connect with you and just kind of, uh, share and link arms and become alumni in the course together. So don't hesitate to email me and say, Hey, I paid for the course. I'm, you know, episode two or episode five in, uh, yada, 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 because I'd love to kind of gab with you and see where you're at and what things you're learning. And, you know, I can even share at that point, the things that I've learned currently at that time too. So with that being said, check out the check out the website margaretstevens.co i'm going to let you all lovely peoples go and i hope that you can use this episode as a way to maintain the new levels of success in your life um, so that things can genuinely on a day-to-day -day basis just get better and better and better and you will have that much more time to spend doing the things that you love and spending time with your family i hope you have an amazing rest of your day bye guys Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. 
And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.